Alors. Over. Yep, I'm here. Oh, hi. All hi. set. Hi. Just hi. getting hi. things into position. That's fine. Take your time. Take your time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes a second to get everything set up. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Hmm. Hmm. I button this up. Wrong show. Hmm. All right. I'm hey. ready to go. So, hey. And, and Hello. Get everything. Yeah. <laughs> So you're back. Hey, welcome hey. <laughs> back. Are we allowed to say that you're back now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, safe. I mean, all the, all of the, uh, because you are, as as you know, a targeted individual. So it's really important mm-hmm. for people not to know where you've been until you're back. M- MK Ultra base attack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you ever subscribe? You're very, you ever subscribe to my list? Which list? I'll send it to Which you. Is that? Oh, my list of, um, it's mostly targeted individuals. Mm-hmm. It's a list I have called Lot Going On. Oh, Twitter list. No, I don't, I don't do Twitter lists. Mm. I thought you meant like your mailing list, like your newsletter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Um, I don't look at it too often, but sometimes some of these folks really go on a tear. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. One lady says um, she's a targeted individual, illegally uh, identified targeted individual, and... Um, they uh, boy, did they mess with her. They they uh, they they're, they're doing stuff with her tongue and her teeth. Um, mm-hmm. They make her security cameras not work. They've turned her. Yeah, you got that problem too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Your doorbell. Oh, oh, you kidding me? That's the whole ring promise. Um, yeah, but sometimes she really goes on a tear, and, and they unfortunately they've apparently turned her husband against her, and uh, they're doing uh, they're using uh, DEW do weapons uh, to do electronic uh, assaults on her. Hmm. Yeah, I'm looking right now. Uh, oh no, now she's not getting she's not getting emails now. Let's see, wrongfully and illegally targeted individual. Okay, enough said. Enough said. Um, I'm back. You know what? You know, pretty much all information I've realized should be need to know information. Mm, not so sure about that. Hmm? That's that. That's how you get the plot of most romantic comedies, right? Just someone's withholding hmm. information. Yes. Yeah. Sis, uh, Ebert. Uh, Ebert. Cisco. Cisco had a name for that. We talked about we talked about this. <laughs> the kind of plot where there's just a like a French play where it's just an extremely simple misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. And really, if that was cleared up, there just wouldn't even be a play or a movie. Yeah. So you, but you want to withhold that information until the and let the farce play out. I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't. I honestly don't know what to do. I don't know what to do to make yourself less interesting to other people. But I'm just I'm trying so hard to become less interesting to other people. Um. But yeah, I don't like to talk about travel in, until I'm back. And I, and I discourage my friends from discussing my uh, movements. But you're back. I'm back. I did. I made it. Yes. I talked about this a little bit on, um, we're recording this on July 16th. I recorded this on the, uh, talked about this on the Back to Work program with Dan today. I had a, had a, heck, of a heck of a journey uh, with United, but I am back. I am back. And so for now, silly season is in abatement. Well, for you anyway, it's just about to... Start for me, but I have this item that I added to the document today. Oh, let me go look. I need to go look. Uh, I was trying to think of how to phrase this, and this immediately <laughs> immediately came to me, okay. which is vacation results. Uh-huh. So I feel like that's the, that's the way I would like to frame this, because you do go off on vacation and do your things. And yeah, so you do things, and you're not supposed to, we're not supposed to know where you are or anything like that. But we're really, now that you're back, I would love to know, like, how did it go? Did mm. did you pull it off? Did you 
did you win vacation? Like, what is the, what was the result of the vacation? Are you more relaxed now? Are you less relaxed? Do you wish you were still on vacation? Are you uh, happy to be back? Like, what is what is the result? It's it's a very very good question, and I wish I had a dignified answer. But you would have loved this vacation. Vacation. I hate that word. This trip. If it was a vacation, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Um, this trip. This family trip. Um, wait, 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 what do you mean if it was a vacation, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing? What does that mean? You love calling everything that's not work and school a vacation. That's a thing you do. Not everything. But are you, are, are, do you want to begin this by denying that you have just been on vacation? No. I don't have time. Um, <laughs> but I'm serious. Like, like what is what is it's the no true vacation fallacy? Like, what is a vacation? When, yeah, when do you, the, the coastline when has the, the vacation happened? vacation problem. <laughs> The crocodile Dundee effect. Yeah, that's not a vacation. Life is boony. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Okay. I, I have a short opening statement. That that uh, all you ever wanted. <laughs> I ask so little. I just want to be remembered for my paperback. Oh, by the way, she's enjoying the book. Um. The uh. If I okay, I find travel extremely stressful, and I find the prospect of travel, um, maybe even more stressful. And when I'm traveling a lot, and I'm, I'm a pretty, I'm pretty good at it. Like I have a dedicated banker's box just for the stuff that, you know, like sort of like, like, uh, like King Marco does where you got like a whole separate set of dongles you never use. I've, I've been doing that for years. So you got a separate box just for your travel anxieties. <laughs> I wish it was that simple. No, but I've got, that's where I got the anchor hub. That's where I've got all the, 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 uh, cables. That's where I've got. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, all the chargers and all that kind of stuff. It's where I've got my dad hat and my dad's shirt. It's where I've got, you know, a uh, little toiletries bag and all that stuff. And, and I'm pretty good. I'm a pretty good packer. Uh, I'm good at all, all that kind of stuff. All the trivial does, stuff. Does all that stuff, does all that stuff help you deal with the travel anxiety? I mean, like prepping? The, well, it kind of, I mean, the, the, the trouble with anxiety as I'm always exploring is that it's not the content, it's the noise. And so like, yeah, well, that helped me a few years ago when I got that part worked out. Plus I've got <laughs> my checklist, which help a lot. Mm-hmm. But no, no, it's, it's, it wouldn't be anxiety if it weren't about the unknown. And, and when one is anxious, one seeks out or manufactures the unknown. And I wish I weren't that way, but that's how I am. And so, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, my only opening statement is like, if I, you would have loved this because the place where my family stayed um, in what I'll refer to as New England, we had, um, we had a, a rental that was fine. Didn't have air conditioning, but it was fine. Um, had a TV and stuff. I sent you some photos, um, had a nice deck and we had access to a body of water where we could kayak and stuff. But, um, I don't like travel. I don't like sun. I don't like disruption in my schedule. I don't like rescheduling things. I don't like any, if I had my druthers, if I, if I had my druthers, the vacation would be, there's just nothing that I have to do for a week. Call it a staycation if you want. I don't, I don't care. But to just, to just know that I can totally clear out OmniFocus, that I can ignore, um, oh, I already ignore email, but you know, just all the stuff where like, to me, the idea of not having any obligations and to be out of the rally of life. I don't exactly understand what a rally is, but I know it's different from a race. My sense is that a rally is about being at certain checkpoints at a certain- <laughs> and, and doesn't involve rats on like a race. No, that's true. You know, you know, they don't call it a rat rally. No. If you're writing these down, these no. are good. Um, 
if it were me, because like that's because I'm being I'm being really nakedly honest with you about something that I see. I could be real. I could be cool, Dad, and say it was fantastic. We had a great time. Oh, whatever hassle it was an expense. It was worth it because oh my god, what a vacation! And sometimes it's like that. But like I, you know, if it's like in in California travel where we drive somewhere, I'm I'm game for that. I'm game for one to five nights in state anytime. But the whole prospect of like being away from the house on the other side of the country and dealing with United Airlines is just a huge source of stress for me. But okay, so with all of that said. All right, so, so how do you feel about disconnecting the notion of enjoyment from the definition of the word vacation? Because I think it is entirely possible to have a vacation that you do not enjoy. To oh, go I, on think, a I think you must, you there, not there, it must be something that you, once you've got a kid, well, once you've got a partner, kind of, and once you've got a kid, for sure, um, that's true. And that's, you know, that's one of, that's, uh, they give you two shoulders for a reason. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like, this, I feel like this might be part of whenever we mentioned vacation, you're like, oh, that wasn't a vacation because you don't, you, you don't want to call it a vacation if it wasn't enjoyable. You say if it's, if it was if, like you said before, and I'm getting back to, I forget what your exact wording was like, if, it, if I enjoy, if it was a vacation, I would have enjoyed it. Or, no, something similar. Like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, w- I wouldn't call it a vacation. I, you I think, know, you're making a good distinction. I'll, I'll follow this line of questioning. I think, you know, so anyway, but whatever, semantics. You did go on vacation. Yes. Where I'm asking about the, what the result is. No, no, I wasn't asking while you were on vacation, how was it and how did you like it? I'm saying now that the vacation is over, like what is the net, right? right. So yeah, yeah. every part, there's some part of every vacation everybody hates. Sometimes you hate the whole vacation. It is still a vacation if you, you know, like- Nothing, it, I mean, nothing, catas- you're, you're right nothing that- catastrophic happened by, by a long stretch. No, I mean, nothing bad happened, but I don't need for something bad to happen for me to be unhappy. No, you bring that with you. Well, you do too. I mean, you're, you're yeah, kind sure. of like that. Oh, for sure. I mean, but no, you, no, you no, mentioned no, like... Not to be defensive, but I mean, like, I think we both in very different, but perhaps even complementary ways, will find a way to be the wheel out of filter anytime. Then, yeah. Right. All right. I mean, but you, but you said it before, like, I mean, the easy one is like when, when you do have a family, like, yes, you're taking a quote unquote family vacation. The goal of the family vacation is not let's do whatever will make dad happy. That's not a family vacation. But and yet family vacations are things that we do. Mm-hmm. Presumably there is some goal other than let's just do whatever makes me the individual <laughs> person happy, right? There are other people in the family. I can't believe it took 10 it, minutes to make me feel bad. Right, no, like it's true of any, you know, yeah. especially with young kids. But you or love going but, to the beach. You're not, you're you're like a pig in well, slop. You, you got your special bag for your camera and you go to the beach and you love the beach. Yeah, yeah. But like, remember my story about the, I told you about my mother uh, making cookies with us and we'd spill the sprinkles all over the floor and and mess up the flour and everything. Remember that? I'm I'm making memories for my children, she would say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I feel like whether those actual words go through your head because you weren't raised by my mother or not, at some level, as part of a family vacation, especially if there are kids involved, part of the equation is I'm making memories for my kids. So even though I find this, you know, hate traveling and find it a hassle and have to deal with all these things. And it's not what I would choose to do with my time. If my kid is having a good time, that can make me feel like the vacation is executing successfully. And upon return, the result of the vacation could be, boy, it was an ordeal, but I feel like my kid had a good time. Therefore, mm-hmm. I feel good about the vacation. For example, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but just yeah. like that's some giving a framing. Device. That's no, that's reasonable. Yeah. Oh, and, sorry. And I feel but, that. But, okay. I, so I like, that, for, for example, like, like, like a Disneyland. Disneyland, the two times we've gone to Disneyland, uh, boy, talk about costly, but um, it was really, really, I think it was fun for everybody, probably least fun for mom. 
but super fun for my kid and me. Um, one good thing is that whenever we go anywhere for what you call a vacation, it's going to, it's, well, let's put it this way. As far as I know, we have not had a quote unquote vacation yet that nobody wanted to do at all, period, full stop. At least a couple of the people were happy about what we were doing. Right. So we only have three people to please. Well, yeah, you presumably you'd plan one that you think at least one or two people would like. It doesn't mean that they're going to go off that way. You could plan a vacation that two people are really looking forward to and something disastrous happens and everybody hates it. Like that's. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the other thing, and this is another old one of mine, but it's, 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 it's a lesson that I need to relearn every time. So like when I was doing um, my, my website, um, it's in particular, I found it very, very difficult to unhook. I know we've talked about this before, but it's germane still. Um, because I still suffer from this same problem, which is that e- even in the best of circumstances, if it involves going somewhere far away, it really takes me, I'm going to say at least two nights, perhaps three nights before like, I feel like I'm in the groove of not just being all ah, ah, ah. You know what I mean? Like where I can finally go, oh, you know, we don't, there's not that much we like have to do today. Of course, we've got tons of stuff to do with family and nobody ever schedules anything. And then that changes all the things about sleeping meals. And now we don't know. We haven't heard, have I heard back? No, I haven't heard back. Should we call back? Should we find out? Because it's seven o'clock, you know, if we're going to watch The Office, you know, uh, we should know about that. It's, it's nice to watch The Office. So, so that's not just carryover travel anxiety. That is, a, a, if it's a, you know, because so there's family vacation where you're going with the family. And then there's family vacation where you're going with the family to see family. Oh, where there's yeah. This oh, new, no, that's this what new this set was. of unknown obligations. Oh, no, no. This, is, this was to see family. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, they're, they're, uh, they're, 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 boy, they're all pistols, every one of them. And I, I do love them. I, my family is very, very fun and cool. Her, my, Family being my wife's family, um, which makes them my family. Um, but like, so, I mean, uh, uh, other parts to this that are germane to your question. Um, no, you know what? Never mind. You're right. You're right. I, I want to be a better team player about this. Um, but my chemistry fights it so freaking hard every step of the way. It is, even if I'm doing well with fighting my chemistry, it's still, it's still really challenging. And some days are better than others. But, you know, think, think about the stuff that makes me, that keeps my demon dogs at bay, which is things like having control of my time and attention, right? Like, so that idea that, like, when I'm here in my, here in my private office with this table that I stole from my college, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm king of the castle. Um, you know, this is, I'm the master of my domain. I get to make all of the decisions about how my time is apportioned for the most part. If something comes up that, that I deem is important, this is, this is how privileged I am. If something comes up that I deem is important, oh my goodness, if I'm with you that that's important, I will lavish all of the resources on that because that's the, the life I've hopefully kind of mostly set up for myself. It not only helps my demon dogs, it helps the work that I do to not feel like I'm constantly waiting to figure out if somebody's going to respond to my email. It's like, forget it. No, thank you. That's happy to walk away from that. So my world, when my world is, is running well, I know what the schedule is for the week. <laughs> Like, I know that, like, it better be on the, it, not, I, it, sound like, it sounds like a threat, but like, okay, I got to take my kids to the orthodontist Friday morning. That is on the calendar. I can deal with that. I know that, like, there's, she has another, uh, she's got another appointment uh, tomorrow night that my wife is taking her to. I know that, like, I have, I will be um, watching my kid on Friday. And so I've already planned out some projects and some fun stuff for, to do, for me to do. Maybe it just comes, maybe it apparently just comes down to control. But it's not simply being tightly wound. It's, it's also that 
maybe it is being tightly wound, but like I, 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 I've gotten to where I am mentally and psychically, I think by being able to control things. And when I can't control things and my time and my attention are now not only going places I wouldn't prefer, but I don't even, I don't know it's 7.30 tonight where my time and attention will be going. And that makes me weird. I don't love being that way, but that's, I'm keyed up. Like I just, I want to know what the plan is. What's the plan? Let's put it on the calendar. It's like, oh no, somebody, somebody might drop by quote unquote later. What does that mean? Does that, I mean, am I, do what, are we talking, do I wear underwear? Do I wear sweatpants? Do I wear a swimsuit? Are we going to go out for ice cream? Because if we're going out for ice cream, let's put it on the calendar. Because <laughs> then that pushes everything out. The one, one uh, mental stance, let's say, that, uh, with which I am familiar is when plans are made, sometimes unspoken plans, but plans are made, uh, and then something happens that changes the plans, and it's the change mm-hmm. that's upsetting. That's like, well, you know, I've been playing for the past week that at 4 p.m. today, uh, this is going to happen. And all of a sudden, something has come up, and now this isn't going to happen. And maybe no one else knew about the 4 p.m. today plan, but I've known about it for a long time. It's all I've been thinking about. Uh, it's been on my mental calendar, but now there's a deviation in the plan, and I'm angry. That's me a lot. That's me. That's, that is me a lot. Mm-hmm. But it sounds also like, as long as there is a plan that I can be aware of, even if I wasn't the one who made the plan, if I know it well enough in advance, I can be prepared for what the plan is. Yes. And it's, it's, not, that, it's not that there's a deviation of a secret plan that I had in my head that I, I always thought that I was going to, you know, I was going to wash lettuce now and now there's no lettuce and I have no idea what to do. It's just let. Well, it goes back to stuff like if it's, it goes back to stuff like you're not allowed to be mad that we're out of milk. I don't drink milk. Like, you're not allowed to be mad at me that we're out of milk. You need to help me understand when we're low on milk. Because I cannot apparate milk. Mm-hmm. Some Stuff like that. But, like, for the, for the visiting people or whatever, that's like, if there's going to be a social engagement that's going to be sprung on me, and that's the type of thing that I normally time to mentally gird my loins for, then it's not great to say, oh, by the way, you were planning on doing this. We're not doing that. But someone might be coming over later. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know how many, we don't know when, and we don't know like if we're leaving yeah. campus to do it. Um, this, this, uh, this is, again, part of the long arc of however I got the way that I am, which is a nominal topic of the show, is that you know when I went through my, um, my self-forced transformation in the days around that website, the 43 Folders website, um, it, it was really quite a transformation. Okay, so like, you know how like, you're real tightly wound about smoking, and you know how like, when somebody quits smoking, they get really mad? that other people were still smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, I, as I've said to you before, I used to be like serially offensively late for everything. And I thought everybody was uptight. I like, why is everybody so mad about this? Like, why can't I just turn in my paper when I'm done? All that kind of stuff. That, that was my whole life into my thirties. And it was only when I realized that like, I need to take steps to get better at this professionally and personally. It's that I am unintentionally uh, very selfishly uh, disrespecting people that I love and res- and that I respect without without even really accepting or realizing how badly I'm disrespecting them. Like I I have I have shown up at dinners for six people, a very awkward number of people to have dinner. I've shown up for dinners for six people after dessert, right? That kind of thing. That's a real fu. 
to people when you do stuff like that? What does it have to do with this? Well, once I got my head right about scheduling things, and certainly I, I will fully accept that that pendulum has probably gone too far and now just feeds into my anxiety loops. But once I made it a project for myself to stop being that way, to be early for everything that I do, I'm early for everything that I do, um, unless something's gone horribly wrong with the calendar. Um, but, but once I did that, I became like an ex-smoker. We're like, uh, suddenly, instead of uh, for, for 30 some years, I would go, why are, why are you all so uptight? It's just time, man. Whereas uh, after that, it was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, so like, uh, now I'm supposed to like be the one that says we need to have the conversation about this. Like, do you know how bad you, uh, <laughs> how bad it screws up all my arrangements when you, when you do this? Because that, that, this is why silly season is difficult. It's because if, if there's a sudden curveball, and when, we, when I say silly season, I think people know what I'm talking about. It's those times of year around the holidays and over the summer when in particular people who do podcasts, which is a very easy job, people who do podcasts have to do a lot of rearranging that ends up having a domino effect, right? Because everybody's got stuff they've got to do, but just as importantly, they know they have to do shows with people who have stuff to do. And you suddenly get into this weird needle threading and calculus of trying to land on when can we pre-record four episodes of this show and stuff like that. And I try really hard to stay on top of that and, and time all of that out. I get all of that behind me. Um, I don't know where well, I'm that going sounds with like, this. That, that's a good example, though. Was that something that it happens on a regular schedule? We know it happens. We all plan for it. I mean, it's annoying because, you know, the schedule gets weird. It is indeed silly. Like, like mm-hmm. you know, you record things at unexpected times. And that, of course, has ripple effects into the other things that we're all ostensibly doing with our lives. But we know it's coming. And... In my experience, at least, I've always managed to plan it well ahead of time so that it's not yes. a surprise. It's not no, like it's, it's uh, not it's not it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's what I'm trying to get at here is and you're right. We, we mostly we've all dealt with this enough now that we and where I think we're most of us anyway are sympathetic about everybody else's needs. Otherwise, we wouldn't be pals and doing shows together. What I'm trying to get at more is the 4D Jenga component of you know, you, there's, life is an engineering problem. And like, if you move this thing here, it's going to have to go somewhere else. This, you know, um, this, this liquid solid or gas is going to have, if you put something in that space, that needs to go somewhere else. You can't just will it away. And, and that's when stuff pushes other stuff out. And then people are late for stuff like that. That's just the kind of thing that like, John, I wish I could, we should just restart the show and I can say all of the things that would make me sound very laudable. But let's get to your question. Well, well, before we get to the results, just on, on the on the rearranging of stuff, you don't derive any satisfaction from having worked to develop systems to manage this. And when these systems, when when you are challenged with it, with you know, then a calendar engineering challenge like this, that you that you're not just completely at sea, that you have no. tools that you mm-hmm. understand. Like I can, it's annoying, but it's not invisible. It's not dark matter. I understand. I, I can understand how things will work and I can see the ramifications and I can choose the best set of ramifications for me as opposed to just being like, I know everything works like this, but I have no idea. It's just a completely no, you're right. system it's, that I have. I, I do head. have the tools and I do have the sensibilities and I have all of the things that I need to do that. So yes, you're right. That, that I, I don't want to dwell too much on, on that part. It is to get to the uglier part of it is that until I am, unless or until I am in the groove, I kind of remain mired in that like being keyed up sort of state of mind about these things. Um, and then I do eventually get a little better at it. And sometimes that's about the time that that 
quote unquote vacation is done, which, which really sucks. And, you know, some, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, um, but the, as I said to Dan today on back to work, um, my flight from where we were to where I am from being dropped off at the airport to arriving at the house was 14 hours and 43 minutes. Thanks to United. About average, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful feeling though of like, I I'm going to miss the flight. I'll, I'll leave, leave it to the listener if they want to go hear this. But you know, it's, it's also that thing though of like, you know, it's the coming home is the worst for us anyway, not least because East to West is a slower cause you got headwinds mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But it's like, it just, it just sucks to like have your, to be delayed in the flight, to be delayed in the 90 minute flight. That's going to get me to the place. If everything goes well, I'll take a 90 minute flight and 50 minutes later, I will be on a plane, plane ride. That's a little under six hours. If that all goes flawlessly, it's a 10 hour day. No problem. And if it doesn't, like in the case of every single aspect of my trip this time with my flights and my baggage and every single flight got delayed and rescheduled. Um, literally, literally every flight, the four flights that comprised that trip all had to be rescheduled for other flights. And so like, but it's that thing where you're, I'm sitting there. And as I said to Dan, I'm sitting there, my flight is delayed. The 90 minute flight to get me to the six hour flight is delayed which I know means it's going to be another hour and a half to three hours, however long it is, before I get onto the hour and a half flight to then take me to the three-hour delay that then gets me onto the six-hour flight. So at that point, I've been traveling for six hours, even though I haven't really gone anywhere. (laughs) This would be a good use of AR glasses. I think about this when I'm in the airport and experiencing one of these things where they're making announcements about delayed flights or whatever, and you just look around at the other you know, ghostly faces in mm-hmm. the airport. And if you had AR glasses, wouldn't it be amazing to see, like I look at people's faces and I, I think like this person is may, maybe getting on, a, you know, a five hour flight. Then they have a three hour layover. Then they have a 10 hour flight. Then they have a two hour layover. Then they have a 90 minute flight. Like if you could see that on their face, when you look at them, like exactly what this means to their day oh, and their trip. Right. Like, and the people with direct flights would be like, yeah, it's a bummer for them, but they're going to get where they're going on this calendar date. But these other people like who are taking international flights or have 17 different connections is like, this means like an extra three days. Each one of those delays and uncertainties like really um, multiplies the amount of time. Yeah. And I know how that feels. Like I know what it like. You're just like, this is not even the flight that I'm worried about. This is the flight to get to the flight that I'm worried about. I can't even get to the point where I can do my, start my real worrying because I can't even get through this portion of it. And then you just see the timeline stretching out. And so like that look on people's faces in the airport when you're like, it's not just whatever. That's why the airports are so miserable and dealing with travelers. Yeah. You look at them and it's not just whatever the current problem is. People see, like they see what this means for their future. Mm-hmm. It's like just, well, and, and just, just on, even on top of that, for the folks that you describe having the, the shorter trips, like everybody is in such an anxious, you know, keyed up state. Um, something I, I, I really probably shouldn't say because it, it makes this even worse. I had such a terrible flight <laughs> west to east. I, um, I paid some dough to upgrade. For the flight back because i thought you know if nothing else maybe this will buy me a little bit of uh, privilege and help in the event that things do go wrong um spoiler alert it didn't help at all yeah um and it's i like, it's I, like trying to it's like those zombie apocalypse movies where the guy's got the the millionaires got the uh, you know hundred dollar bills and it's like that's not gonna help you zombies no. are gonna eat you anyway 
Well, and but this is this is also part of it. Was I said one? I, I rarely do that. I'll, I'll get economy plus, but in this case, I I pop for a significant upgrade. So you left your family back in coach, and you're you're in first class. We were on separate flights. Um, I the reason I did that though was that I wanted to be comfortable and I wanted to be taken care of, uh, which is pointless with United. But the other reason was it was to have been on. So I the flight there was on a seven eight seven Dreamliner, and these things are really really nice even their like economy seats on a dreamliner the 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 people who work on the plane don't like it very much but it's a very very comfortable one i said you know what i'm gonna pop for that nice seat on the way back on this and uh you can see where i'm going with this i popped fairly significantly for that upgrade on the way back we'll just leave it at that but of course i missed that flight so so the flight that they put me on they they very kindly put me in the same class of service on a very a very very old plane that was basically like a Greyhound. It was old enough that the that one of the ports was identified as an iPod port. Um, and so all that significant amount of money that I paid for the upgrade, it basically got me a nice bus seat. <laughs> I was like, come on, you guys. I mean, I even played your game. I did your thing. I even gave you the money. I gave you too much money because it's just, like I said to Dan, I feel like it was just this ongoing Buddhist boxing match with myself the entire time. It's like, I can't be helped. Uh, as far as the results, I mean, pretty good. I mean, my kid loves being in the water. She loves being on the water. Such so some photos on her uncle's boat. Um, and she just loves it. They both love being in the sun. I do not love being on the sun. I have had second degree burns where my skin turned white and moved. And like, I can't have too many more of those if I want to keep living. Um, so I, I look like an old English lady working on her garden. I'm, I'm so bundled up in so many SPF layers. Do you have a sun hat? I got a dad hat. Yeah. I have an SPF dad mm-hmm. hat. There I have an go. SPF dad shirt. Also, you know, they got, yeah, I know, I know, I know that America has been denied most of the excellent modern technology and sunscreens that other countries get because our country's broken. You know, other countries get better sunscreen from us. Than us. I didn't know that. What's better about theirs? Uh, I think it, it's sort of like a long, I feel like I want to say it's like along the lines of drug approvals, hmm. but other, other countries, even like <laughs> when I was a kid, we called them second world countries. Other countries get such better sunscreen than we do. Like if you go to, if you go to Europe, you get such better sunscreen, but I slathered myself in 100 SPF all the time. I managed to not get any sunburns at all. Uh, especially because of my English lady outfit. I think that didn't hurt, but, um, we remember when we were kids and like the, the high SPF was like 30. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, semi-scientific scholarship about the, whether those numbers mean anything once they go past 30. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Don't believe the hype about your SPF 100. Results, uh, results, you know, uh, let's not worry about me. My kid had a, a pretty good time. She really did. She, she, I mean, but that can be part of your results. If you feel good about the vacation, then you feel good about the vacation. Yeah, but doesn't matter. John asked if, me how I feel about my performance level. Like, I, I don't think I performed well, and I feel like hmm. I was a real drag and a karma suck. Well, but that may be your role in the family. Yeah, sometimes for sure. Um, but I mean, like, well, here's the thing. If your kids still had a good time, obviously you weren't that much of a drag. Like, Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I put on my dad clothes, and we did some kayaking, gossiped mm-hmm. about the family, and it was nice, and we did yeah. get some nice ice cream. I met many very high-quality dogs and babies, which is mm-hmm. great. My, uh, my nephew is extremely cute. Um, and, uh, no, that, that was all real good. And I, I genuine, 
I can honestly, genuinely say, you've heard me say all these terrible things about life, but I can't say I love spending time, the actual time that I spend with my family. Oh, one night, there was supposed to be an amorphous barbecue of unknown beginning and unknown ending time with unknown numbers of people doing unknown things, okay? Mm -hmm. And it got downgraded. It got downgraded to pizza with 10 people. In an air conditioned house. Were you excited about that? Oh, was I excited? I popped for pizza. <laughs> I popped for everybody's pizza. I found out it was half price night. Everything's coming up Millhouse. I got to play with a dog. It was a corgi mix. A corgi mix for me. I got that. That's tremendous. Um, but uh, no, I think I think I think my wife and my um, my kid both had a real good time, and uh, and so that's really good. The house was nice. Uh, yeah, but it's it's interesting when you phrase that. I saw when you typed in here, vacation results. It's like how do you how do you know whether it's been successful or good after you've gotten back? Well, I mean, a lot of his perception is like, just how do you feel about it? Like, you know, yeah. But I mean, you, certainly like, everybody's everybody's tired and everybody wants a break. Everybody wants alone time. And that's the other thing we're not addressing is my 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 slow dawning realization that I don't know if I'm introverted, but I definitely think people are vampires in life and I definitely mm-hmm. need rebuilding time literally mm-hmm. by myself listening to a podcast sometimes one to one sometimes one to two sometimes mm-hmm. I need twice as much recovery time as the mm-hmm. event time to feel like I have enter any energy to like just deal Ugh. god I'll be better next time I'll be better next time part of it was part of part of the problem in the dread here was I did the mistake of uh, you know I wouldn't have had to fly United going through Newark where you take a bus between terminals. Uh, uh, I, I wouldn't have done that, had to do that to myself if I had bought a flight earlier. That was definitely, that's on me. And United can suck my. B- this episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by Pingdom. From our very good friends at Solar Winds, you can learn more about Pingdom right now by visiting pingdom.com slash O-O-O. Yes, that is correct. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. It's summertime, but before you pack your bags and set your mail to out of office, see, O-O-O, you getting this? You feeling this? You need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site, and more importantly, when it is not. So you need Pingdom. Pingdom will help let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the severity of an outage. So when you are out of office, you can stay out of office. That's pretty good. Take a vacation with peace of mind while Pingdom is monitoring your website. It's so easy to get started. All Pingdom needs is your URL and they'll take care of the rest. Uh, So you go to pingdom.com slash OOO. That's three letter O's right now. And you get a 14 day trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, please use the code DIFFS at checkout. That's D-I-F-F-S. Get a cool 30% off your first invoice. Wow. That's a lot of percentage. And for a limited time only, here's the thing. Enter for a chance to win a free out-of-office t-shirt. You go to pingdom.com slash O-O-O. The shirt is really funny. Go, go, go and check it out. Please go look. You go to pingdom.com slash O-O-O. That's three O's. And our thanks to Pingdom for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Now, now, um, how, how do you, how do you, um, how do you know when your, when your results have been good? You know, like your kids, your kids had a mostly good time. Does your son ever have a good time? Well, I mean, here's, here's a simpler version of it. I, I, you can compare it to how you imagine 
you would feel at the same time had you not done the, the vacation, right? So you went on the vacation, you're back, you know how you feel now. How would you feel if you hadn't gone on that vacation, but instead it had continued, like, say, your normal routine, whatever your normal routine may be at that time? Would you feel better or worse the same? That's one way to assess it. And the other way, I think you may be more familiar with this way, is like some vacations have an obligation component. And even if the vacation was disastrous, in some ways it might feel good to have reset the obligation clock yeah. on, on whatever obligation it is that you fulfilled. Because mm-hmm. you're like, well, that was miserable and I hated every minute of it. But I am now at the maximum distance to next mandatory whatever it is that you you know what I mean? <laughs> As I do. Like, and it's and that like can make the, the you joke, feel. A joke my dad used to tell when I was a kid, you know, that I'm sure you've heard. Why, why the doctor says to the guy, why you keep hitting yourself on the head with the hammer? He says, oh, because it feels so good when I stop. Mm-hmm. I definitely <laughs> have heard that one. That was one of my favorites of my dad's. Um, or I think it was hitting your head against the wall, but yeah. Somewhere. Right, right, right. Um, but, but yeah, like is it the. And that can mean the result of your vacation, despite, you know, maybe you weren't having kind of what you wanted, is that now you actually feel good because you get that sort of relief of not having it, whatever was looming over your head. And that, those are the most pessimistic ones. Obviously, the, the great results are like, I was very stressed and then I went on a vacation and I got to relax and I had a super good time and now I'm back. And you might feel that not even excited to be back because you got to go back to work or whatever. But you're like, you have the mm-hmm. afterglow of the good vacation. Like, that's the good version. We're just talking about the bad version. Like, oh, vacations are miserable and I'm so sad and I'm just glad it's over. Right. But there's the other version, too. So I've enjoyed a lot. You know, I've enjoyed a lot of vacations, uh, trips, you know, uh, like that one where I, I tore my daughter out of school to go to Washington on a vacation. Um, um, that was it's really, okay for you to say that word. I thought we, we not, all agreed you, you that know, we can divorce you, it from your enjoyment. You shame me. You do that. You shame me. I, I about just want these you things. to use. I just want you to use all the words in the language and use the best. Use the, only the best words. I uh, the full the full range. Only the uh, full range best words. Got to mm-hmm. see a panda there. That was nice. But like, mm-hmm. I hate to say it, but man, the uh, Disney trips are so fun. They they really are. I sit around at night, as you know. Sometimes I'm if I don't have a current. Uh, TV thing I'm tearing through. Um, boy, thanks for making me rewatch. Go back to Pen Fifteen. My God, you thought it made me watch it in the first place. I thought you'd watch the whole thing. I only got. I'd gotten through the huffing. I was in probably episode three. But boy, when uh, when Maya discovers her special gift, that show really takes a turn. My goodness, and then she's holding the giant tampon. Oh my God. But like in that case, like you know, I'm sitting around. I'm watching YouTube videos right at night, and I'm I'm looking at like I'm watching YouTube videos about Disney parks, and I'm going like, ooh. I want to go find that Easter egg. I like <laughs> I like going to Disney properties. It's Mickey's. I know, but like just, all, just also sounds the stuff like something like, different than it is. There's the grave. There's the gravestone that sometimes opens its eyes, and like all those different kinds of things. But um, but I also you know sometimes we'll just do um in my parlance I would call it a getaway. Um, it might be a vacation, but like for example, <laughs> my lady um for work has to do something uh at a time in the future that uh, we'll be tagging along for for. Um, it's an event she's organizing. And so she gets like a nice room at this, like a nice hotel because it's for fancy doctors. And, um, I love those things. Cause it's just like, you know, like, <laughs> like last year, my kid and I mostly like stayed in the room, like watching, watching Isle of Dogs or like going to CVS <laughs> to buy gum. And it was like, it's like an ideal vacation is to uh, the place we were staying in New England. Our, uh, hotel was adjacent to a mall. <laughs> and I was like, God, I love this so much. 
You go walking in the morning for exercise. Yeah, no, that sounds like a vacation that, <laughs> exactly. that would be ideal for you because you... It had you, a Popeye's. You, it had a Popeye's right in You there. don't have the obligations. Like, it, your wife has the obligations, yes. and you... Not only do you have no obligations, but you also, it sounds like at least, don't have someone urging you to make obligation-style plans. Because your daughter just seems like on the same wavelength as you is willing oh, to do whatever. Shit, we're such, we are such layabouts and home no, bodies. No one is saying, oh, we have to do something today. Let's plan something. We have to go, we're, we're, you know, we're nearby. We know this person. We should go visit them. Let's make arrangements to see them. And neither one of you has that oh, instinct. Arrangements? Arrangements would be lovely. How about more like maybe we'll hear from somebody later about something <laughs> at a time that might involve a thing. How do I, I mean, dress? So I don't I mean, know. I haven't heard back. Okay. I, I know what you're getting at, but you like, unlike the lateness, I feel like that kind of casualness around uh, plans that may or may not occur. You understand why that comes comes naturally to people and it's not as bad as being I late. do, but I also value my sleep hygiene. My sleep hygiene is important. Like right now, like I got to know, I know in like in 11 minutes, I take my pills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need a better name. Introvert isn't exactly right. I need a better name. Well, you, yeah, you've got a like, you've got a quite a stew going there. You got. <laughs> I like how I am mostly. Yeah, well, you know, I'm really, knowing, I'm so easy to get battle. along with in so many ways. You know, if I didn't, if I weren't honest with people, God, I'd be so much more loved. But maybe if I make myself really unlikable, people will leave me alone. <laughs> You know, I do. I do wonder. I mean, so I hear you. They're just keeping she's just keeping them company. I hear you retelling this and I understand your perspective because I share it in in many ways. Right. But I do wonder what it looks like from the outside. Again, the person with the clipboard. It looks terrible. It looks terrible. I'm not not sure it does. I mean, maybe you're pulling it off. Maybe you're passing. Like, do you think like it's hard? I know it's hard to assess that because you're, you know, inside your own head about these oh, things. Because I don't like travel and I don't like sun and I don't like not having plans. And I don't like all the things that right. literally I mean, everybody surely, loves in a vacation. I'm sure you express your frustration with casual plans to your here? wife. But yeah. do you express it to anyone beyond the circle of your wife and maybe your daughter? Probably not. Like, you know, not to like chastise someone for having vague plans when you see them, even though it causes oh, no. you great anxiety. Because oh, you understand, no, I internalize okay. all that. I, I make it into a hard little ball and I hold yeah. it right here in my soul. And, and so yeah. maybe you're pulling it off. Maybe people are like, oh, that Merlin, he's great. Love it when he visits. It's always so much fun. Passing. He, he loves, yeah, he loves babies and dogs. I do love babies and dogs. Just send you some photos. Just a joy to have. We love it when you visit. Everybody loves when, when they see when they see Merlin and inside you're just, you know, biting down on that piece of shoe leather because you can handle the fact <laughs> that it, we I don't know, know where we're getting dinner from or fix how many everybody's are TV. Off. I show them how to do stuff with iCloud. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very useful. There you go. I figure show I, people I, magic yeah, tricks. I, I, put cards in their what bodies. What's that? Show people magic tricks and put cards in their bodies. <laughs> like you're just everyone loves Uncle Merlin. You pull coins from behind little boys' ears. <laughs> no, I have a restraining order. <laughs> just think if you could do that. If you could pull, just not to go off on a magic tangent for a second here, yeah. but if you could do that if thing, I could palm, if I could palm a coin. Or like if finger you get coins coin. from behind little kids. Ears. Oh, First of all, so if, do I, that. if I learned anything from television and movies, kids love that. I'll never tell Max Temkin this, but I, I have spent at times weeks of my life trying to do that. Either there's the palming, or we have a quarter in your palm, and the other other one where you like have it behind your middle finger, but like between mm-hmm. your, you know what I mean. I can't. Yeah. I, I would never tell Max Temkin this, but I have spent many weeks of my life. It was around my self hypnosis period. It was around my yeah. self-hypnosis and Rick Wakeman period uh, when I was uh, as close as I ever got to being a cult, I think. Uh, I was, uh, also went through a lot of incense at that time. 
let's clock it as eighth grade. So you can do you you can use the easier version where when your toddler, niece, or nephew are napping, you just uh, sort of silly putty a coin behind their ear, and then when they wake up, you actually reach behind the ear and pull out the coin, and you don't have to worry about the sleight of hand. It's it's not sleight of hand, but it is a kind of you know the way that like a uh, pickpocket this uh, is like be able to distract you. So they'll it's tap misdirection. You, you. Misdirection. You tap them on the shoulder. Now they're thinking about shoulder, except in this case, you're, you're literally silly puttying an American coin to a child's neck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could do that. I would do that. Yeah. I, silly putty is the wrong tool for that job, but you know what I mean? Some kind of gum. Some kind of a, med, like a medical adhesive, like a sticky pad. Mm-hmm. 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 You know, you could, have, you could have a little pocket fashioned out of their skin back there. And you just tuck that Jesus. coin right in there. Just thinking of uh, oh, no, your, friend, your friend implant. Alex and her body modification uh, fantasies. <laughs> now it's my cochlear implant. Mm-hmm. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you in part by SaneBox. You can learn more about SaneBox right now by visiting sanebox.com differences. I bet every person listening to this show has something they don't like about email. Who? Me? No, I love everything about email. I don't think so. That's why you need to try SaneBox. It would be lovely if we didn't have to have email, but uh, you can't just delete it all. It's not practical. Can't do it. People will yell at you. They'll just keep emailing you. There is undoubtedly important stuff in there you have to deal with, but one of the big problems is that all email looks the same. Ah, there's too much email. At a glance, it can be difficult to try and decipher which messages actually need your actual attention. Well, wouldn't it be nice if your email could be pre-sorted before it even hits your inbox? That is what SaneBox is all about. SaneBox sorts through your email and moves all the trivial stuff to different folders, so the only messages in your inbox are the ones that you actually need. And the great thing is it will work seamlessly with your current system and with any app. And you got to hear about this. One of the best features is called the black hole. The black hole. All you need to do is move an unwanted email into that folder. You'll never hear from that sender ever again. Oh my goodness. Love the black hole. With SaneBox, you can set up uh, email reminders. You can snooze your email. You can do so much more. This is a terrific service that I have used. And uh, I can uh, highly recommend you check them out. See if it's right for you. To help you get a little more organization in your inbox, we've worked out uh, a deal with SaneBox that's going to get you a good deal. You ready for this? You go to SaneBox.com slash differences today. You get a two-week free trial and an extra $20 credit just because you listen to the show. You don't have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's nothing to lose. So you check it out today. Get your email under control. You go to SaneBox.com slash differences. That's D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E-S. You can learn more about SaneBox. Our thanks to SaneBox for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Uh, we got some. Uh, got another mine eye topic. Did you, did you want to ask about my chainmail pan, pan cleaner? Yeah, I, I think I wrote this down when you discussed it, uh, or maybe you tweeted at us when we were talking about cookware. This is a recurring topic on ATV from. God knows what reason. Uh, kitchen stuff. Are, are you the one? You're the one that has grandma's uh, glass-like. I I do not. I wish I did. Who is it that has that? We. Uh, I'm not sure if any of the three of us have it. I, I brought it up as like a, a way to have a durable, non-stick surface, but I do not have anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you, you were. But you were talking about maybe it was somebody in the chat room, but like just talking about how the the idea that well, first of all, I should stipulate that I am somebody who. I get probably historically three to five uses out of a cast iron pan before I just space it and leave some potatoes and water in there and forget about it and it rusts. Um, but that there are people. <laughs> it rusts? Oh, I. I How I long through, are you leaving the potatoes and water in there? Long enough for it to rust. 
like it's in the sink? Oxidation, John. Hmm. It's an issue. Uh, right. But then there are people who have grandma's uh, glassy pan who, who have gotten, like, as you described it, that there are people who have, like, I don't know if it's a lodge, but have, like, a cast iron pan that gets passed down through generations that everybody takes super good care of. Yeah, and then, then you end up with a nonstick surface that is also very durable. And somehow the topic of cleaning those things came up, and you mentioned that you have a novel to me anyway way of cleaning your cast iron which means that i assume that you have a cast iron that isn't currently rusted is that yeah. the case it's the first one in a long time that hasn't rusted yeah <clears throat> and I, I mean i don't even know if i'm doing it right but the, the, i guess the big problem with the cast iron pan is that if you don't know what you're doing with it and you try to clean it the way that you would clean a typical uh, stainless steel or even you know any kind of pan that's not a cast iron pan what do you do use hot water use soap maybe you put it in the dishwasher but in any case, all, all the things we know about cleaning, whether it's from Lifehacker or elsewhere, Lifehacker lets you know that if you soak your dishes uh, before you wash them, they're easier to clean. Uh, and, but we do know that if you use the conventional means on a cast iron pan, instead of the means that are conventional for a cast iron pan, you will screw it up real good. Um, and so what I do, so yeah, so that, that's, that's the prelude. And so I suggested this thing, which is called the Ringer, the Ringer, the original stainless steel cast iron cleaner patented XL 8 by 6 inch design by the Ringer. And it's basically a piece of an 8 by 6 inch piece of chain mail. And so when you're done cooking, you let it cool off a little bit. You get the, get the, uh, the junk out. Um, you run very, very, very hot water in it. And you basically run this little rectangle of chain mail around inside and it gets the gets like the big bits off, and I don't understand how or why it it doesn't harm doesn't appear. Just please don't email me, email John. It doesn't appear to harm the surface, um, but it does get it clean. So that's what I do. I do hot water. I do chain mail, no soap, and then when it's done, I dry, 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 and then put just a tiny bit of cooking oil on it. See, I would be worried uh, that. Because of the chainmail thing with metal, mm-hmm. that it's the it's the last thing I'd want to be rubbing and pressing down on right? my I know. supposedly that glassy like yeah. surface. And the, the second thing is, like, not that I have much of a problem cleaning my one cast iron thing, but any problem that I face doesn't usually involve getting stuff off, like the, the something that you want to use chainmail for, like something is stuck to the thing and I want to get it off. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't think I can recall anything really sticking to it like i have a little i have a little scrubby brush that i use and it's got a little scrubby like whatever nylon bristles and it's one of those like a like a handle with uh the the um stiff bristles yes yes Mm -hmm. and and, but they're just nylon or something Mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. other side of the handle the handle is plastic the other side of the handle has a little scrapey bit if there is some tiny you know smaller than a dime size bit of burnt on food scrape scrape you know it comes right up and and like so i guess but see the chain mail is is just it's just to re- remove things that you could feel with your eyes closed, right? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. Let me I, do this. I, Let me do this. I wanna, I'm going to buy you and have delivered uh, to you at your home uh, address. I'm stop, gonna, stop buying me things. Do you ever read Watchmen? you ever read Watchmen? I, well, I saw the movie. Okay. It's a very good movie. It's a very, very underrated movie. And then I looked at the end part of the comic book where there's the tentacles. Oh, I, I want to tentacles. see the difference. Love the tentacles. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm going to buy you. I'm going to buy you a cast iron pan, and I'm going to buy you the I ringer. I have a cast iron pan, and I have, and I have. What, what I'm trying to say is, I. I want you to do a double blind. I feel like I've been successful, successfully using my cast iron pan. The, my only issue is that it's not a glassy grandma's pan, but you don't have one of those either. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know if the chain mail is. Is it better than nylon? If it was better, how would it be better? If I can get everything up off of with my right. nylon brush, then do I need a chain mail? I don't think I, I do. feel like I might have learned about this from Max, but I don't remember. I learned so. Oh, so that's everything you learn from him about kitchen stuff is suspect. Come on. Yeah, he's got a lot of issues. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I rarely, I very rarely do this. Um, listen, so don't write to us if you're guessing, but if you know, if oh, you know, what no? are you doing? See, I shouldn't do this, should I? <laughs> I, you, I, your instinct. I, I'm not on the... ATP, okay? I don't get the volume right. of dingling feedback that right. you poor right. bastards ahead, get. You guys get so ahead. much dingling feedback. Yes, we do. Oh my God. We love, we love you all. You should ban so many people from listening <laughs> to your show. <laughs> yeah, let me tell you about all the cheese grater feedback I got. <laughs> <laughs> it starts my with airline, airline cracks. Is right? My DMs are open, Merlin. No. Oh no, you're like, Alex, what's wrong with you? I, I, opened, I thought they had been opened ever since they were openable, but I recently found out they weren't open, so I did open them. Oh, and now people DM me. Well, you know, put a fork in that. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. Put a fork in that. Mm. Listen, listen. <laughs> Don't guess or I'll ban you from listening to this show. But if you have a thought on cleaning a cast iron pan and you actually know what you're talking about, this could be a Dunning-Kruger thing. Ask people around you if you know what you're talking about. But if you know what you're talking about, what are we at? Are we at Rectifs? What are we on Twitter? <laughs> yes, we are at Rectifs on Twitter. We're at Rectifs. That's one word. R-E-C-D-I-F-F-S. And you can, you can write to us on Twitter. You have to be nice and you have to know what you're talking about. This is not John's rule. This is my rule because I do look at the Twitter account sometimes. And if you know anything about cleaning a cast iron pan... And, you know, it gets five stars. It gets five stars here on Amazon, John. I don't know if you mm-hmm. noticed. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, ooh, fake spot, fake spot, fake spot. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to go to review meta. And I understand and agree. Okay. It looks looks pretty copacetic according to review meta. You should finish your, finish your request. You want if people know anything about what? Cleaning a cast iron pan? Hi, I'm friend of the internet, Merlin Mann. If you have any thoughts on the best way to clean a cast iron pan and you actually know what you're talking about, Please write to us on Twitter at the account at Rectifs. At is a pilcrow. Rectifs is letters. Or what John calls a string. Thank you. Pilcrow? That's the at sign? Isn't that a pilcrow? I'm P-I-L-C-R-O-W. Pilcrow. Pil- oh, no. Sh- Damn it. Pilcrow is a, a paragraph. Hmm. Yeah. And then octothorpe is the pound sign. Yeah. What, yep. what is an at symbol? Uh, I used to know this, but uh, it escaped me now. Damn it! Damn it! You remember how do you pronounce the how do you pronounce the at sign? There's a whole Usenet thread about that ages ago, or meme, or whatever hmm. chain letter. At the rate of whatever, whatever we had back in the internet before memes. <laughs> you will receive good luck. For, forward this email to ten more people. Yeah. Um, at symbol. I think it might time. be called an at symbol. Oh, yeah, that's one of the things that people call it, but it's got some weird names, too, I think. Hmm. I don't... It's called at sign, according to the uh, Internet Science site. Mm-hmm. At mm-hmm. sign. Huh. Um, before we leave the topic of... of uh, what was the cast thing I asked one, one thing I want to add is, like, I, don't, I have a cast iron. I use it sometimes. I don't use it that often. I mostly use my other pans. I certainly don't use it when I need a non-stick application, and it's 
partly because my thing is not particularly nonstick. Mine is what they call pre-seasoned. You buy it, and in theory, the manufacturer has already done all the seasoning for you. It ends mm-hmm. up being black because, again, they've done it all for you. But mine is a Lodge brand, and that brand, for whatever reason, seems to ha- to make their cast iron with kind of a rustic, rough surface, mm-hmm. which I feel like is not does not lend itself. That's the one I've got. I've got a lot to to non stickiness. Yeah, the thing about cast iron is it's cheap, it's durable, it'll last a long time if you don't really mess it up. Um, but the Lodge brand has always got that kind of rough texture, and I feel like if you're trying to be non slip, mm-hmm. I don't think the roughness is helping it. Maybe it's not hurting. Maybe if I actually if it actually was seasoned correctly by me and I hadn't screwed it up in some way, it would be more non stick than it is. But I bring this up because uh, one of the advertising. Uh, you know, the advertising hive mind, one of the things the advertising hive mind has long since figured out about me is that it should definitely show me ads for expensive kitchen stuff. They got your number. Uh, did they have your number accurately on that one? Yes, they do. Because I like expensive kitchen stuff. Is this like, like uh, on Instagram? I Everywhere. Okay. Like everywhere I go on the web, they're showing me pans and knives and just everything. And my, and my recent searching for cheese graters is not helping. So this is an accurate assessment of my interest. Uh, and the result of that is I see all sorts of come-ons about kitchen stuff. Lots of them about supposed non-stick pans, which I, you know, Google and find out that it's all scam and it's terrible. But one recent thing that I've seen is, the, I mentioned the cast iron is cheap, like, because it's just iron <laughs> poured into yeah, a mold. Somebody, it's basically, it's, it's pretty like Game of Thrones. Yeah, very, very, you know, so you, uh, when even though that stupid all-clad, uh, you know, a uh, 12-inch uh, skillet is $100. A 12-inch cast iron thing is like 30 bucks, right? It's yeah. Like such, it's, not, it's night and day. It's like it's less than half the price of expensive, fancy stuff, even before you get into copper or whatever, right? So the internet being what it is and the startup culture being what it is, someone, someone in some boardroom somewhere was like, cast iron has a lot going for it in terms of like the the sort of reputation of it being sturdy and wholesome and rustic and old world and traditional but it's so cheap can we find a way to sell people cast oh, iron i see for two hundred dollars it would be like having something pan? like what like like um artisanal string like something where you're yeah. like well here's something pretty reliable i wonder if we could find a way but, to make yeah, this proprietary it, and costly but it's so inexpensive how can we justify how could, first can we raise the price from thirty dollars to 200 and second how can we justify that increase and they found a way merlin (laughs) please i love stuff like this please tell me they found a way and here's the thing about the way i think whoever was in that boardroom uh did their job well because when i saw the way explained to me i was like you know what that makes some kind of sense and you know why Hmm. because it scratches a particular itch that i have which is i look at my cast iron pan that was 30 bucks that i bought you know 20 years ago that continues to be the same as it ever was and i'm like like if I have any dissatisfaction with it, it's like, well, it came pre-seasoned for me, but it doesn't really particularly seem to be nonstick, and it certainly isn't like a grandparent pan that has been used for a hundred years and is just super slick and amazing. And so what they've done is they've taken cast iron and basically polished it smooth, right? So that it is Ooh. it is cast iron, and then I don't know if it goes through a polishing process or they just have smooth molds, but it is like. Like a glassy mirror surface before it seasons. What's it called? Oh wait, whoa, whoa! So it's not seasoned before it seasons. It's very smooth, and then they season it on top of the smoothness. So now you get you also get a project out of it. No, no, no. I think they season it for you as well. But I'm saying like this: the, the smoothness doesn't come from them seasoning it and layering up that carbonization. Oh, okay. It's smooth before the seasoning, and then they season it. So you get basically like, like fast forward to the grandma pan. 
this thing is super slick. That's that's the come on. And the increase in price is justified by saying, well, we don't just pour a bunch of iron into a mold and then give it to you. We do that. And then we put our, you know, five axis CNC milling machine on it. And every one of them is polished within an inch of its life. And then our our artisanal mustache boys go and like <laughs> rub it with a bunch of uh, sandpaper, increasing degrees of sandpaper, ending with wax paper until it is so smooth that, you know, no man can stand upon it for long. Right. And and then we sell it to you for two hundred dollars. Uh-huh. Uh, do you know what it's called? Oh no, because like I, I <laughs> building you, up immunity. If, if you come across it again, will you? Oh, I'm sure I'll come across it again. But here's here's why I didn't pursue it. I pursued it long enough to go to the website and see the price, and then I, and then all the pieces clicked into place, and like, okay, I get it now. All right, even even if it works, I'm like, mm, so right. wait, just, but, just so we, just so we know here, you're saying that like uh, you've stipulated that a typical iron skillet, I think you said what, thirty bucks. 30 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. Like, it's not, not going to crack 100 for, for like 12 if you inch. Go to like, if you go to like, um, uh, what's the fancy kitchen store? Like, if you go to like a fancy kitchen store, you get the nicest one there, mostly. It's 50, 60 bucks, probably. Yeah, okay. sure. It shouldn't be more than that because it's just, they don't, like, that's not how they sell. They sell you the $150 one that's like triple ply with a copper core and, mm-hmm. you know, folded over 17 times like a samurai blade. Oh, for, for, distribu- for distribution. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's that's where they give you your money. But someone found a way to make cast iron. And I feel like the whole thing with cast irons is not supposed to be expensive. So if you're going to make a better cast iron, fine, but don't destroy its one good attribute. If I wanted a super expensive pan that is nonstick, there are plenty of those, like made out of non-cast iron material. And I suppose they could say, well, those are all going to wear out in three years. And the cast iron one will last you forever. But I'm not entirely convinced that, like, anyway, I, I was repelled by the price. I may return to it, but the thing is, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. I, I feel like I need to do more research. But this is out there now. This mm-hmm. is a, a thing that has entered my mind. I mostly admired the ability to take something that was inexpensive and make it expensive. And I think there, it's not just one manufacturer that does this. There's a bunch of these. Yeah, I think the one you're sending me, I think I've seen before, but it's not the I don't one. Know, that I don't know, I, John. I, I don't know why of. I don't do this more often because I love laughing at Kickstarter projects. Um, so I, I really need to get in the habit more often of going and searching for everything on Kickstarter because it will surprise you to know that there are several Kickstarter projects that involve cast iron pans. Yeah, like I think uh, whoever came up with the idea first, it's a good idea, which is basically take cast iron that's cheap to manufacture, apply an additional manufacturing step that does cost you more to do, mm-hmm. but then the quadruple, quintuple the price, and then you know hipsterize it and all the other stuff or whatever. And it makes some sense. Like if this if this actually works, I fully expect whatever manufacturer Walmart is currently putting out of business by squeezing it will eventually start making these for Walmart prices and you'll find it in Walmart and then all these, you know, artisanal ones will just be a curiosity for dumb rich people and the the rest of the world will buy them at Walmart for $15. Because honestly, how much more can the be smooth the smoothening, how much more can it cost? Not Probably sm- not that smoother. Much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If this actually works. Um yeah, I, I think I've seen this one as well. There's also ones that are like well, this is no this is just cast a page, iron a page of like, returns. Yeah, there's, we're like cast steel or something. Lancaster, I, I'm thinking field company sounds like it might be. That looks like what you're just describing. Lighter, yeah, smoother. No, that, that's what all the, the pictures look like. Some of them, it's not the company that I'm thinking of. The company I'm thinking of though keeps, okay. shows their pans with like a reddish, bluish tint before the finishing process. Uh, oh, okay. Oh, please, yeah. please, please send me the link when you find it. Yeah, I, I will. Um, but but I've been resisting it, and I actually. One of them got me. An Instagram ad got me to buy a knife. Oh, tell me about the knife. You know, I'm a sucker for 
advertisements for knives and they got here's what they got me they got me with my sense of uh cheapness because you know it's easy to if you're into fancy knives you can they're everywhere like you, there's no shortage of fancy knives but they all cost like 500 bucks and it's like okay haha yeah but you know no, thanks but no thanks right my favorite knife is like something that was recommended by like america's test kitchen 15 years ago uh like a 30 dollar knife it's still great. I just bought a second one recently, and my first one is still fine, so now I have a backup for it. I bought a second one kind of in a panic when I was seeing these ads. I'm like, you know what? That knife that you love, buy a second one now while you can still find it. So I did. I started it's doing fine. that with things. Yeah. Right. But I also bought this uh, Instagram knife because I you know, I looked at the ad, and I did my usual internet debunking to see, is this totally bogus? Because their, their come on was, it's a good knife. And it doesn't cost a lot of money. I'm like, now there's a good come on. Right, right, right. Like if you got the nicest paring knife in the world, like does anybody have, oh, please don't email me. Does anybody have grandma's paring knife? Right? I mean, a paring knife, you don't want the Walmart one in a four pack that's going to absolutely cut you because it sucks. But like, I mean, you know, I already regret saying this, but like this is what we do with pans. We buy whatever that one nice brand of pan is and we use it for three, four, five years. And then we replace them as they get gross. But like, I don't, I don't want pans that cost thousands of dollars like i wouldn't yeah, be able to and, extract and it's, the it's, value it's the diminishing returns thing because like, mm-hmm. they're kind of like swords at a certain point it's, well, it's like, like wine, not wine this- that's over wine that's over 60 or 100 dollars a bottle like that's yeah. wasted on me you know what i mean like but, but I, at least there's there's some thought behind the yes. idea of this was a particularly good year or whatever with knives it's like look it just it's supposed to just cut things and it's not made of unobtainium they're all made of the same thing and they're all going to get dull if you don't sharpen them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, diminishing returns is like, okay, I'm not, I, do, do I want to pay $500 for a knife? Is a $500 knife better than my $20 knife, given the way I take care of them and in my house? Probably mm-hmm. not. So I'm not into that. But those ads are all, you know, they show, knife ads are so easy to do. Like, it's, again, it's like sword making. You see this, mm-hmm. you see the person with the, with the, you know, the, the overall apron thing and they're, they're polishing it and they're, you know, doing all the things and they show it cutting through like a tomato when a, a stiff breeze blows the knife against it. You can, you can slice them so thin your in-laws will never come back. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. And and if you have a basic understanding of how knives work, you're like, okay, I understand this. You know, this is like a chef's knife. This is how big it is. This yes. is the jobs that it's good for. Do you need one of these in your life? Do you already have one? What could this bring? And so this was an advertisement for, it was like, look, it's a, my, the advertisement might have said, it's a good knife. It's fine. And it's less than $100. Come at me. That's <laughs> right, what they said. Right. And, you know, and then you, they you, throw can't, in like, you can't touch me. I'm under $100 and I'm fine. Yeah. And, and they, and it had all the glory shots of like all this, the soft lighting and it was, it was beautifully designed and mm-hmm. all this, you know, it's like elegant looking. It's like totally appealing to, you know, tech nerds like me. Like that's, it was like artisanal hipster, tech nerd, kitchen people. But also sixty five bucks, and that's the part that appealed to me. Yeah, I'm looking at the one. The, the second most recent one I bought is a Messermeister, and it was more oh, than that. Yeah, German. If the, if the knife is German, it doesn't cost sixty five dollars. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, especially because I'm honing it with like a little stone from Amazon. I really yeah. need to learn. I really need that. You know what? I'm going to put that on the list. I need to learn. And Rachel, how to do Rachel that. and June had a, had a video about how to sharpen your knives. <laughs> the sharpening set that he recommended only cost three hundred dollars, and at which point I bailed. But you know, I found. Um, some Japanese videos uh, that are even more annoying than them. Like, no, 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 no. This guy's really, have you seen this series of like a day in the life of a salary man? Day in the life of like working at an office. Have you seen that guy? I decided to go to a luxury capsule hotel. Have you seen that guy? Mm. The titles sound familiar because I probably saw them in the sidebar. I don't think I ever watched. Oh, they're terrible, but I keep watching them. They're so mm. bad. 
Yeah, and no, the the the, the but it, you know it is interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a pretty different culture over there. Messermeister, John's DMs. My, my sixty-five dollar knife, by the way. The the additional colon, which they all do, um, is free sharpening for life. Are you familiar with that one? No. Wait, on, on the premises? No, no. <laughs> they just have. They can say free sharpening for life, and then there's the asterisk, right? Oh. <laughs> and then you follow that, and it's always there's always oh, an asterisk you, for life, isn't there? Yeah, it's always oh, but you pay shipping. Oh. Well, it's not really free then, is it? But that's yeah, but the like, thing. but you can just find a guy. After, what's, what's the name? Like, you know, you got a Cooper, you got yeah. a uh, Fletcher. What do you call a knife boy? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's hard to find. Like, I like the idea of uh, being able to send knives away. There'll always be a dude, like a creepy guy with a van who sharpens knives. Or yeah. hones knives. I'm sorry. Sorry, Max. Hones knives. Yeah, but see, the good thing about the $65 knife is, uh, A, you try to sharpen it yourself and you screw it up. Who cares if it was $65 Yeah, you go knife. throw it in a tree. You know. B, you send it to someone to sharpen and they screw it up. Who cares? It was a $65 knife. Yeah. Like, I would be terrified to have a $500 knife because oh. I'd be like, this is going to get dull. And then what am I going to do about it? I'm no. not going to, I'm not qualified to sharpen a $500 knife. And no. if you have to send it to somebody, then you got, it's like trying to get your Ferrari repaired. It's like, well, I need to have like this one that's, Italian that's guy. That's why I didn't get, to be honest, that's why I've never gotten a Ferrari right there. Yeah. yeah. It's just the maintenance, really. It's the maintenance yeah. is what kills you. Yeah. You know, I had a lady friend whose father had a, uh, a German say a Mercedes. And, uh, and boy, he had to, you really got to take it to the Mercedes store. If you want anything yeah. done, there's seals. There's all kinds of seals on there and stuff. This is in the eighties. And then everything is expensive to replace and yeah, all that stuff. So, so anyway, this, the, my $65 knife, uh, I actually, it arrived. I ordered it at the same time. I ordered my replacement of my like $25, $30 knife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought this would be an interesting test. A, to see if I was totally duped by an Instagram ad. If this knife comes and it's like made out of, you know, tinfoil that and like, you know, yeah. doesn't look anything like the picture is a bad knife. So <laughs> oh, like so one of those forth. Amazon things where they send you a picture of the thing, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or just, you know, and then be like, how does it compare to my, my favorite knife? Well, I'm dying to know. So it is basically as advertised. Um, there's only two things about it that I find uh, less uh, pleasing than my uglier cheaper uh still favorite knife the one is that the handle of the elegant knife it looks good in pictures uh but it's like it's not as good in your hand it is a little bit more of a traditional knife handle looking handle in that you know you know a knife picture a knife handle in your mind right well it's gonna be well it's sort of like you and talking about the remotes and stuff right the the meaty human hand Want something different from the aesthetic. Yeah, but 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 think of like the handle of like the steak knives in the restaurants that you worked at as a kid. That handle. Like, like, a, like, a, cut, like a Cutco, like where it's got kind of like a, a neural, not neural, but like it's got like a a, a shape to it. It's not just a, a rectangle or whatever. Yeah, let me, let me, I'm going to send you send my a picture, website, yeah. a, a website of my knife. Here you go. <laughs> so look at the chef's knife, that handle. I mean, ignore the fact that it's blue, but that handle shape, that's a, that's a knife handle shape we've seen all our lives. It is a traditional, someone came up with that shape. It is not an unfamiliar shape. Oh, okay. Uh, See the chef's knife? E- oh, yes, 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 no, 100%. Ooh, yeah, it's blue. That's, just, that's hmm. a knife handle. Now, that is a traditional knife handle, and it looks really good, but it's not particularly designed with any thought for what might be convenient to grab. Like there's a little bulge on the lower end and you got the little stopper on the back and presumably to stop your hand from slipping off. But it's like, it's a little short. Like I feel like the the handle feels small. It feels both thin and a little bit shorter than I want it to be. And that's like, is it it consequently unbalanced feeling? 
no, it's just not quite as comfortable as my uh, my favorite knife. And the second thing that is totally not visible in any of these pictures that I understand why they did it is someone Johnny Ived this knife up good. Um, <laughs> you can't see it. I don't think you can see it in any of these pictures, right? But you, like, it looks it looks fine. Like, I like the idea of you know you got the piece of metal and I like the transition into the like the, whatever that thing is to name it like the hilt or whatever. Like that that is all nicely designed. I like that it's minimalist and simple and unfancy and and I basically like the size and the shape of the knife. The part that you can't see is. You know, so you've got the sharp part of the blade opposite the sharp part of the blade, the non-sharp part of the blade, which is a part of the knife that I hadn't even really thought about or considered when purchasing this uh, knife. Is it too thin? No, it's, you know, as you imagine, the blade is thin at the cutting end and it gets thicker as it goes up. Okay. Right? Yeah. There is a detail here that I'm, I'm not sure how they managed. I mean, I'm, I'm sure how they managed to mess it up. They Johnny Ived it, right? The top of this knife. Do you remember the old uh, MacBook Pros? That, like it was like the, I think it was the first uh, unibody ones mm-hmm. that you know it was a solid piece of aluminum that they would carve out and you'd open the thing up mm-hmm. and the sort of the top edge of the part where the trackpad and the keyboard is. You remember how sharp that corner was? I feel like I feel like I feel like I do. I feel like I remember the early ones. So wait, so it is too thin on top. You're saying like like if you had it's to not, push down to like thin, debone it, a chicken, it it it, it, it comes. It's a it's flat on top. Right. Okay. So there's the top. There's the flat top of the knife, the and there. Do they? Then there. No. And then there are the flat sides. But the corners where it turns the corner. Uh-huh. Right. Like here, here's the the picture of the knife. Do you see the picture of the knife where it's like resting on on the table with the with the blade up? Yes. That part of the blade that's resting on the table uh-huh. is flat. Yeah. And then it meets the vertical side of the knife. Where it meets that edge is so incredibly sharp. Really? It's almost like that's two additional weird. blades. On, on, the, on the top corners of the knife because they wanted it to be like a perfect uniform solid. Look, this is amazing manufacturing. We can machine this down so that it comes to, and they should have known, like never make a piece of metal at a perfect right angle. Like you have to round it over mm. because if you don't, you've essentially made two new little blades. Yeah, right, right, right. And it, it's like, it's uncomfortably sharp like the MacBooks were. Like Apple eventually knocked down that corner. You have to round over the corner a little bit. You can't physically make metal that comes to a perfect right angle because it will be too sharp so do you think do you think it was an aesthetic decision yes i think it was because it looks better that way look how look it looks like oh, a precisely the johnny iving it okay yeah right. it's yeah. because it's a precise i'm sure johnny Ive insisted on the first sharp corners on the original macbook pros when they were went to unibody before they were rounded over more um it looks like a more elegant beautiful same thing with the, with by the way the transition from the hilt into like that curved section right mm-hmm. that particular peak where it goes from the flat surface of the hilt into the that slope looks very sharp blade. it's also sharp it looks extremely i no, i wouldn't even say sharp i would say pointy yeah mm-hmm. and, and i mean it's not like it's actually going to cut you but like it is not as pleasing a thing to deal with for example if you put your hand on the back of the knife blade if you're doing some kind of two-handed chopping yeah. motion which sometimes yeah. you do your hand is touching that and it's unpleasant to touch mm. something that comes to an angle like that no, so no, i think no. they made no. it a beautiful like kind of sculptural precisely machined piece of art that is not as friendly to your hands so i i don't regret my purchase it is a good knife it is almost as good as my it's favorite a good 65 dollar knife yeah mm-hmm. and anyway it cuts great like every you know i like the action on it you know it's just that the handle's a little bit too short and they those details that they should knock down those corners and i feel like those details uh sort of reveal that their priorities were different than mine when it came to making this knife but otherwise like you know, it's my second choice for a cheap knife because it is 
very sharp, very solidly built, simple, easy mm-hmm. to clean. All that other stuff is just, uh, you know, those details. Sometimes um, I wonder if I'm being um, gaslighted by ad copy. Like I, the, John, uh, John Gruber linked to the Speedmaster um, Omega watch today. And boy, it does actually look really cool. And I was reading about $4,000 watches. And, and I was thinking like, then I went and looked it on Amazon. And like, you know, there's like, you can buy a $10,000 watch and all these things. And I was reading all the ad copy, which is just, to, okay, as an outsider to me, very funny. The ad copy is very, very funny. And it's all just so dignified. I'm reading here on the page for the, the pretty good $65 knife about the sloped bolster. Did you know your, your knife has a, uh, has a sloped bolster? Yeah, sure. That's the, the well, bolster. Just, you know, the, the word the, I was trying to All their knives that. incorporate a sloped bolster that, gra- that uh, travels gradually onto the blade face and encourages a proper pinch grip for better comfort and control. Mm-hmm. It's got a sloped bolster. Yeah. No, that's that's a true thing. Like, Because you do want to have your fingers pinched. Over. That's another reason, by the way, where that sharp edge on that where the bolster goes into the blade is not good because your fingers will What's be there. What's a bolster? What does it mean? It's, that's what that's what the, the, the bulge that goes into the thin part of the blade. That's what they call that. Because the word I couldn't think of before. I kept calling it hilt because you know, sword parlance. All by right. the way, here's my favorite knife. I will okay. send you this. This was, again, not, it was found by like America's Test Kitchen or one of those sort of very workmanlike PBS shows that tests mm-hmm. a bunch of knives. It is $36. Wow. Oh, wow. That's practically OXO in its ugliness. Yeah. Yeah, So look at that. That that entire handle is made of, it's not the same as the OXO stuff. It's a little bit tougher than that. It's not as squishy. Yeah. But it's similar. Like, all we care about is how secure does this Uh, knife feel in your hand. Fine by me. Fine by me. It's rounded over where Mm -hmm. it meets the blade part. They're not concerned with showing you, look, it's a continuous piece of metal that goes all the way through the hilt. They cover all that with rubber. Like, it is a continuous piece of battle, wow. right? But they don't need to show you that. It's like the Nike, the original Nike Air. Does it sharpen okay? Does it feel like it sharpens okay? Yeah, it's all right. I mean, like, and look, look, at the, look at the bottom corner of the blade. Look how rounded that is. They even rounded that as over. As blades go, that's very rounded. Yeah. It's and not the, as pointy. You know, it's not as pointy. The tip, the tip is still sharp. Like, yeah. lasts forever. Uh, great cutting motion. Incredible grip. This is the OXO good grips of knives, and it's 36 bucks. That's a good deal. I'll put it in show notes. Bring that to your rental house. Oh boy, you know it's uh, they they really they really cheap out on the rentals, don't they? It's not the cheaping; it's that no one wants to sharpen them. So all the knives there need to be well, sharpened. No, I mean every, I mean really like everything. Like how hard would it be to put in rings for the shower curtain that like you'd really mm. thought about whether there's a giant like eighth of an inch ridge between the two parts of the shower pole where it yeah. goes conk. That's so it's so not fun for your shower to go conk. Because you bought you bought too small, you bought something nautical because you were being cute, and then well, you got at, some... at least they're making an effort. Normally, what I see is this is the ninth time they've replaced this thing, and they're buying the cheapest possible because they're sick of replacing it. That's I, under- why, I, you know, I understand that. Yeah, my my you know my daughter's got dyed hair, and so we ended up scrubbing the stone in their shower. <laughs> but like the oh, wine yeah. opener, it's punitive, John. It's a punitive wine opener. You're lucky there is a wine opener. Yeah, well, luxury. You know, you know how to use your teeth. Yeah, no, we we bring knives to our rental houses. I've, I've I've done things like that. I, which which you, has become more difficult after nine eleven. Oh, never forget. It's it's uh it's shocking how much stuff I've taken places. I I used to bring there's a place my daughter and I used to like to have daddy daughter uh, breakfast, and I would um I bring I bring crayons and markers for us and index cards. Um, I I also didn't like their water, so I would bring in a water. Uh, I'd also bring a donut for her because she liked a donut in addition to the breakfast they were having. And I did bring my own fork and knife because <laughs> they're forks and knives. You know, you know, the kind of like the kind of a of knife and fork at a diner that just makes you sad. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. no two pieces are the same. It looks like it's flipping you the bird. They're, they're all bent. They're, they're all, all uncomfortable bent. feeling. And, but like, by, like biting into a bite of food where the tines of the fork do not align mm-hmm. is so mm-hmm. unsatisfying. Yeah. So I brought my own knife and fork and, 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 and an auxiliary donut. Someone in my family brings their own pillows everywhere, which is not the most thing. convenient thing in terms of packaging and transport. Somebody needs to have for their own, this is a sleep comfort preferred home pillow. I'm guessing it's your daughter. I'm, I'm not going to reveal anything. Good for you. Who, good for, who this good person for you. Might be, but I'm, all I'm going to say yes. is that, that transporting a special pillow, perhaps multiple special pillows everywhere, because the, the assumption is that no foreign pillow will be acceptable. I think that's a fair assumption. I, I sleep on uh, an entirely internet bed. I have an internet mm. bed, I have internet sheets, and I have an internet it's, pillow. It's literally made of the internet. It's literally, literally made of the internet. When I, before I go to bed, it goes... And, um, and when you wake up in the morning, you expand out of a much smaller box. It's really surprising. <laughs> because of the, what, the, not the CRC, what's it called? Of we're, the, still waiting, <laughs> we're still waiting for you to expand. You're like, this is, this is stalls I'm getting, sorry. <laughs> I sleep on a bed made of ASCII. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love my Hello Pillow. They're not even a sponsor. I don't care. Screw you. Hello. I slept. I slept with that, that pillow uh, when when they sponsored. And I was surprised. You, I thought it was going to be the worst pillow ever. It was. Not. It seems like a terrible idea. It's, but it, 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 even after I had slept on it, I'm like, this pillow seems like it's a terrible idea. It somehow it is not. It helps to experiment. You do, I, I feel like it helps to experiment. I bought three now. Um, I think they gave me one, and I bought two with money. And because uh, I've experimented with, I, I've overfilled it, I've underfilled it, and I ended up going in the direction of a slightly underfilled. Um, hmm. Actually, worked better for me. But no, no, you go to you go to a, you go to a hotel, and it's like uh, it's like toy pillows. Yeah, no, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty tolerant of terrible pillows, but at home I do sleep on an internet pillow. In fact, an internet pillow that I bought three copies of once I decided I liked it. This isn't the I'm Trump like, guy with the necklace, is it? The pillow? It's a purple? What's his name? My pillow. My pillow. My pillow is no, a top guy, right? No, no, no. It's a different internet pillow. Okay, okay. Different internet pillow. I just sent you a link to a podcast that I will also put in notes for our listeners. Uh, I'm always discovering new podcasts because I love podcasts. This, this, is, this is a podcast? I was just going to ask you. I loaded this page. I'm like, why is Marlon sending me this page? And I, had, I, I guess mind. I had forgotten that Slate does no, this with I, their podcast. Slate. Okay, listen. I've been in talks with Slate. I've helped them in the past a little bit with this problem. They need a lot of help. They do. And uh, I think I finally, in a fit of peak, uh, I had written to Gabe and said, look, please <laughs> take my money. It is so, do you guys, 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 it's like where you wonder if Apple's ever used some of their stuff and you're like, guys, do you have any idea how hard it is to give you guys money? <laughs> I don't want to steal your feeds. I don't, I want, I want your, I want to give you money. I like you slate. Um, the show is called. I'll find the overcast link. It's called Dakota Ring. And it's Will, well, Willa Paskin, who I like a lot, who writes about TV um, for Slate. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, how do I describe it? It's, the, she's, she's, as she says, cracking cultural mysteries. And the most recent episode, trust me, oh, that's beautiful, John. Look at that. Um, uh, and she goes in and tracks, okay, so like what? She tracks down a cultural mystery. And it's really, really good. This week's episode on cushions and pillows is surprisingly good. The Chuck E. Cheese Pizza War, so good. The one about truck nuts, magnifique. An entire episode on Baby Shark, amazing. Um, and the, the cultural understanding of uh, Jennifer Aniston also. They're pretty much all great. Go check out the, uh, I'll put in the show, show notes, the Overcast link too. 
uh, Decoder Ring on Slate. So a question I have for you, which is a ridiculous question given this massive malfunctioning web page that has tons of space to put this information and yet does not contain it. How long are the episodes? Are these 15 minute, two hour? What are we talking here? Um, I think it's, it uh, looks like there are... Because the web page doesn't tell you. 30 Willa to 50, 30 to 50 minutes? 30 yeah. to 50. Is there even an RSS link? I don't even. I don't even know. As you can see, the web and I'm running well, you and no I are both content running stuff. blockers. You're running stuff if you've got. I'm a, running no content blockers. What is that then? I don't know. Okay, hang on. I'm, reload, I mean, I'm all running an old without OS. content blockers. I'm on. I'm running El Cap. Maybe they just don't work. And no, 10. no, 11. you're 6. running something because I reloaded without blockers and I get an adverse. I get a banner ad, a classic Yahoo banner ad for something called Dairy Pure. Up there. All right, I, I, all right. I, I'm running a Era. JavaScript blocker. JavaScript blocker. What okay, is JavaScript yeah. blocker blocking? JavaScript blacklist. I'm running. Okay. Um. Anyway, good show. Good show. Um. Dakota Ring. Yeah, see, I'll I'll have to wait to see it in the show notes, and then I'll subscribe with the Overcast link because like this web page is meaningless to me. I don't. Oh no, this is this is very bad. On the forward button, on my mouse isn't working. Huh? Wonder what I did. The fuck? Okay, here. Oh, are you kidding? Master MX, baby. <laughs> I'm kind of interested in the the Chuck E. Cheese pizza war because Chuck E. Oh, Cheese quote unquote so pizza is a hell of a thing. <laughs> it it's pretty much what you'd guess. It goes into the history, starting with Noel Bushnell and going through. Um, all of the just be, like I don't want to spoil it because it's really fun. But the I had no idea how many uh, Chuck's E Cheese there were. I knew there were a lot, but I didn't know how many. And that was my arcade as a kid, by the way. Chuck you're E kidding, Cheese really was, was my basically my arcade. Yeah, didn't they have they a good deal the, on the tokens? Game? I feel like they had a good deal on like it wasn't. They did was not full, have was, a good deal on tokens. It was the same deal. I'm remembering game. for four dollar. Yeah, it was, they were just equivalent to quarters, and the games when I was yeah. playing them, Afterburner was uh, was fifty cents, and that was that broke the the one quarter per game thing. And then once that they broke it open, is this before like Star the, Wars? Then the Afterburner that you sat down in was a dollar, and then that was all over. Star Wars, I feel like was Star. I feel like Star Wars was there the was first a sit down one. Star Wars, but they didn't. It wasn't fifty cents at our Chuck E. Cheese. It was twenty five. Sit down was it like a, an Atari like? Yeah, the vector vector Star vector Wars one. It's like a Red Baron game. Yeah, okay. It's not right. Yeah, I was bad at that game. It had it had real Luke Skywalker talking. Remember that? Yeah, it like eight kilohertz or maybe four kilohertz. Look at the <laughs> size of that thing. <laughs> it would sound like he had a lisp. Look at the size of that thing. But he was just the uh, it was four kilohertz audio. Look at the size. Wow, you're so good. I love your memory. I played that game a lot. Did you? <laughs> I like Red Baron. I loved Asteroids. I loved Asteroids. I love Red Baron. I love what were the other ones? Uh, Moonlander, Moon- Lunarlander, Lunarlander, Lunarlander. Yeah, <laughs> like that. I don't like, yeah. <laughs> Time pilot, time pilot. Yeah, I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit of a later generation. I mean, it was there was still centipede Sorry. and space invaders and all that yeah. stuff. Our Chuck E. Cheese had everything. It had it all the way up from from uh, you know missile command all the way up to you know space harrier and afterburner. Wow, look at that, huh? Uh, we're a little short on time suddenly, uh, but we covered a, a lot of good stuff. Um, I could ask you about your DMs, or you could uh, talk about something else. What else do we have? What else we got? We've got, um, John's, oh, you already put it on the list. Look at that. John's DMs are open. You put a fork in it. Yeah, I did. We don't have time for grip. We don't have time for grip. No, we don't. We don't have time for grip. I, kn- I knew we wouldn't because I needed to talk about uh, vacation. vacation stuff. And pans. I, I was almost, I was Kiss about to say I needed to, you. I was about to say I needed to interrogate you about your vacation because I, I had noted that you, that you are dutifully carrying that meme on. You sneezed on me. 
So mm-hmm. I, I was happy to share it. Now you're now just, just spreading everywhere, just spraying out from Merlin in all directions. I liked that I heard you say it on the recent episode of Roderick on the Line mm-hmm. with one of the one of the original carriers, John <laughs> Roderick himself. Uh, and it went Typhoid unremarked. John. <laughs> yeah, it went unremarked upon. You threw it out there, and he did oh, not he, pick he, it up. No, see, this is the thing. This, this is the thing that uh, that Roderick still hasn't figured out. Um, see, now, like you know this, you know I'm not just going to let you have a monologue. I'm not Dan Benjamin, right? I think he's used to having people in his life. Um, who are just going to let him talk. But I think he's still figuring that out. I think he's still figuring out that he, he that I'm going to be saying things sometimes. And and sometimes it's memorable. And and he doesn't hear it. And then people have to email him and say, you know, that was really funny, those six things that Merlin said while, while you were trying to remember what year <laughs> you, you skied. You, you, you landed a really good one. I should have written it down. That's a recent episode. You got a good one in there. I, uh, you can't I know, see I know, his expression I know it was, on the... Uh, Rock me on the dais. No, that wasn't it. That was it very was, good. I, I like I like your your ones that take a little bit longer. I like oh yeah, but <laughs> I mean I about. love a little jab. I love a little jab. Rock me on the dais out of nowhere. Come on. Hey, anyway. I don't know. That's that's a little that's a little mm. up the middle for me. Okay. All right. But no, but you but, <laughs> but you had a really good one. But anyway, all this besides the point. So yeah. you, you you had said it and he didn't pick it up. Now because what I'm expecting that happening in the little little gears that are turning in the head is there. Okay, so you know. It, we went through the backstory of Interrogate a while ago. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so it comes from, you know, Adam Pranica on Friendly Fire, and then it becomes a thing on the show. And Adam, and Adam John, had used it, Adam had used it unnoted, unremarked by his co-hosts for a long time, but you uh, Yeah, did, and then John you know, called him on it, because John was like, this cannot stand, what the hell? And then they have collectively picked it up, and then John became a carrier. He's like, you know what, we're all just going to say this from now on. And when it's understood that when John says it, he's basically making fun of Adam. When Adam says it, it's involuntary, he can't stop, because he's been doing his entire <laughs> life. Uh, and then it's then I explain it. Then it spreads to you. Then it goes to other shows. And here it goes back. Yeah. You say it on a show with John. Didn't I send you? Didn't I send you one I found in the wild? I think so. Uh, yeah, I think I sent you a timestamp to one. Oh, you know what it was? It was Michael on um, on you're wrong about where like mm-hmm. I first of all okay it's one of those classic. I always think of I always think of the episode of that girl where uh, Donald uh, Donald Hollister whatever her boyfriend is like he's just heard the word. It's one of those things. Uh, it's like Bader Bader Meinhof where he's mm-hmm. heard baguette for the first time and then he hears mm-hmm. it like three times in one day i never heard interrogate ever used before then you it's total beta mine off you and then you um said it and now and then like within a week i noticed it on another podcast that is absolutely unrelated they're outside of our area i yeah, doubt they it, got it from him it's just a you know a common apparently they probably got a, the same way adam did just by you know being all yeah a common up. enough mispronunciation that it pitted you know it pops up on its own organically but yes. you know as it as it spreads outward from friendly fire it is being carried by us in our circle by the uh, with the knowledge that we are referencing a show now so when you say it in front of john i know john doesn't listen to the podcast but he knows that you do he should have thought to himself, does this mean that Merlin is listening to Friendly Fire? Which I think you've heard episodes here and there, but it doesn't sound like you're a you know faithful listener to the, I'm not. the podcast. I listen to a lot of them. I haven't listened to all of them, but almost all of them. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely a listener to the podcast, which is why, why I heard this whole saga that I relayed to you. But John didn't take this opportunity I like, I like John to and Adam say, a lot. I, I go back with them. Yeah. He didn't take this opportunity to say, oh, Merlin, I guess mm-hmm. you've been listening to one of my uh, many other podcasts. I can't even tell when he does or doesn't get my references about even his own stuff. He gets when I think, I think he gets something in his lizard brain is triggered when I quote back something about one of his songs. I think he's woke enough to catch that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, also, anyway, I had occasion to uh, to uh, remark on something else that happened to the episode with John. And I also mentioned, by the way, did you notice uh, Merlin's use of interrogate? And I, of course, explained that how how it had come to Merlin that it had come, you know, that uh, that we had actually talked about it on a previous episode of our podcast. Wait, you mentioned this to Roderick? Yes. OK, uh, because he doesn't listen to our podcast. And I said, God, well, no, just, no, no. Just so you know. The reason Merlin said that is because we actually talked about this exact topic on our podcast that we have together, and now it's coming back to you. And he did say, I wondered where that came from. <laughs> I mean, he, did no- he did note it at the moment, but didn't have, I mean, here's the thing. Like, we've met, I've mentioned before the analogy of you as the lottery ping pong ball machine, right? Mm, oh, like, oh is, this, is that a reference thing? I, yeah, I think I mentioned. Maybe I just thought it. Or anyway, like you know, the, the when you do the lottery, they have like a thing that blows air, blows a bunch of ping pong balls with air yeah, inside yeah, a giant clear, yeah, yeah. Thing, giant clear thing, and then they open the little thing, and the ball comes out. Yeah, right. You know it's going to be a ball, but you don't know what the number is. Right, and it comes out really fast. Right, yes. like as soon as you, as soon as they open that little air thing, it has a ball. a ball has to be has to be excreted. Yeah, then there's a, in in a second, the is the ball is there. Right. Yes. That, that that would be your processing. And I yes. feel like John's processing and it's just really just as logical. Yeah, John's processing is much slower. So when interrogate flies <laughs> in, by in any case, <laughs> his his brain has four stomachs. All, right? no, all I know is that he's thrown off for a second because he heard a sound, and then he goes, in any case. Well, what I'm saying, his his brain he has to get his back brain, to the story that I derailed him from by talking. His he needs to chew his cud. Like and so his brain, his his four stomachs of his brain yes. are going to be digesting that, and yes. maybe he'll come up with. But like, but it's not going to. He's not going to come back in a moment and go, "Oh, uh, you just said interrogate. Where did you hear that?" Like that's not going to happen. The ball mm-hmm. doesn't. It's not. The, there's no ping pong balls. They don't come shooting out. It is just like a, it's a rumination, a rumination in every possible sense, metaphorical and like literal, mm-hmm. or maybe a mastication. I don't know. It, it's. Some kind of vacation, not a vacation, but <laughs> this, the, the processing is slow. So I'm, it's a getaway. It's more of a getaway. Yeah. yeah. So I enjoyed that. That's yeah. all, all I have to say is that Interrogate continues to bounce around. I, I enjoyed a uh, a meta, not a meta version of this, a sort of uh, a boomerang version of this uh, of my own that someone uh, heard me say esoteric on a show, which is exactly the same vowel transformation. In, interrogate, interrogate. Interrogate. Wait, right. is, isn't that a, is that a, is that a Casey bit? Uh, esoteric? No, that's that's I a mispronunciation like that's a case, of esoteric. Of the, I thought that was one of those things that Casey gets where you guys get frustrated. No, about he does. He does affluent. He can't. Say, he's accenting the wrong syllable. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I had said uh, esoteric, and but uh-huh. and I thought that was a valid alternate pronunciation because uh, you know I I, I, I would say I'm, it's not the number one, but I would imagine it's it's no, acceptable. it's not not even a, it's not on the list. The devil you say esoteric? Yeah. yeah, not even on the list as far as I can tell. So and it's exactly the same as interrogated versus interrogate. So huh? There you go. So now I got to say esoterica everywhere, but no yeah. one has ever corrected me in my entire life until until the That's interrogate fiasco. Of you. This is the same reason people don't email me and people don't correct your pronunciation. I mean, really, that's privilege. Well, they usually do for for everything else I say. They're telling me I'm saying it wrong, but not for. Well, that's for... just because it's ATP, and your listeners are terrible. Yeah, 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 I mean, I mean, I think I do I say. I don't even want to be a listener of the show. I feel terrible even being listening to the same show as all we those need, people. We need, we need that. We need the we need the engagement with the do fans. You know that I'm there. Do you know I'm there, and I listen, and I, I and you guys got the chapter marker. Are you, so are I do you jump listening around. live? Say again. Are you listening? Oh, when live? I when I can, but my family always wants to talk to me, 
And like I, I and I even say, I say, okay, I say, listen, I'm gonna do dishes and I'm gonna put on headphones, so I'm not gonna be able to hear what you're saying. <laughs> Does anyone respond to that when you say that? <laughs> I mean, is eye rolling count? Just some it's pointless. That you've been Why hurt? do I say anything? But because I love my family and I'm glad they want to talk to me. They just mm-hmm. don't, they never hear anything. No one hears, no one hears anything that I say ever. I think I say so much that it just becomes like a brown noise. And, and like, but it's so funny because like my kid and I will be sitting there watching TV. And granted, you know, my wife has a big lady, um, not big lady, but like a, a grown up lady job. And she has to pay attention at work all day and deal with people. She comes home and she just wants to like look at her phone and eat a salad and be left alone. And we're always like, look at this pants cartoon. Look at this. Come look at my figure. I just did the contrast painting. And uh, we sound like Sims, just like running the house making Sims noises. And and um, and so <laughs> there'll be exchanges where my daughter and I go. Well, I don't have an exact example, but a a a, 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 a relevant example would be something like, oh look. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's Rashida Jones. Like that's the lady who played Ann Perkins on, uh, Parks and Rec. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they go, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And then, and <laughs> I will look up and go, I think that's Rashida Jones. <laughs> and we'll be like, mom, <laughs> we just said that four times. And she'll just you be mean like, she wasn't monitoring every word you said. She wasn't, she was not about. monitoring every word that I was saying. And then, but she does this thing. I call it TiVoing. She does a thing called TiVoing because I try to catch her. And a lot, so I am, as she pays less attention to me, I catch her at it more. <laughs> Is she trying to pause you in your pawns? Pause in my pawns? Like dawns? <laughs> I'm just enjoying if it. You come at the, te- if you come at the I was going to guess the TiVoing was an attempt to like pause live television. And I was making fun of how you say the word pause. Pawn. Ponyo. No, no, it'll be something more like, oh, we got the, uh, I got the, uh, or the dentist appointment, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to do that on uh, this day at that time, right? And she goes, hmm? And I go, what was I just talking about? And she looks oh, up. Oh, you're, are you testing her? Of course I'm testing her, because oh, I know she's goodness. not listening. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, day to day, 35, 65, one way or the other. Because I, I did it mm-hmm. several times tonight, because she's clearly not listening to me. And she mm-hmm. kind of, she, she looks up from her phone, she kind of stares up for a minute, and she goes, orthodontist appointment, right? I'm like, yes. So you think she was rewinding time and reviewing the footage? Bloop, bloop, bloop. That's what she's doing. She's going bloop, bloop, bloop. So doesn't that mean that she did hear you, though? Because if she can, if she she can rewind and replay. She's hearing, John. She's not listening to you. I should interrogate her. <laughs> Sounds like you already are. Not enough. <laughs> what did I just say? The foundation <laughs> of a strong marriage. 